2: DFS strategy show. We've got just four games to talk about. Kind of weird that there's only four. Uh, I don't remember a slate this small on a Saturday, but uh, COVID times, that's what you get. So we actually have a huge slate tomorrow. Not exactly sure how the sites are going to break it up, uh, but uh, we'll go through all four of these games, um, spend a little bit of time on each of them. Uh, Cliffy joining me today. You guys know Slim Cliffy. How was your night last night? I actually had a good night last night, nice.
3: um, not as good as yours, uh, but I still managed to go to 7X over on DK, um, finished top five in the 20 max, thank you, Pabelski and Radulov. Um so good night, been a good season so far,
2: can't complain, I heard you had a good night too. Yeah, I had uh, a good uh, star stat, I mean, I wasn't really on them that much, I think I had like four or five percent, but I ended up that. Couple of my best lineups um, needed the stars and had them in there with Kudobin. So uh, people were talking in Slack yesterday that uh, that Josh's dog. Did you see Josh's dog was on the stream? Yeah, dog was barking and like licking his face when he was talking about Anton Kidobin. So that was that was the call. <laughs> Josh's dog almost led me to uh, to first place. So so you almost were, got, there, almost got you there. Would a little treat if you ever see him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got Got to stock up on some treats there. Um, Let's see. What else do we have from last night? I mean, yeah, Stars just dominated. It was a 6 or 7-0 victory shutout. Like, you just had to have the Stars if you were going to compete in anything. Um, Did you have any of them in your 20? Or did you play 20? Oh, yeah. I played –
3: I had more of the Hintz-Gurianov line just because – um, they were a fair bit cheaper and I, like I'm pretty big on hints and Gary Yanov just in general this year uh, but I had some Pavelski and Radulov and honestly like I wasn't on Pavelski and Radulov that much either um, it's just when I ran my crunches that's that's what it spit back at me <laughs> one thing I've learned to do over the last few years is to not doubt my numbers and think that I know better than what the optimizer spits back at me so like When my lineups come back, like I'll change, you know, some one-off defensemen or one-offs and stuff like that. Maybe I'll change a stack or two, but I've learned to just leave it because I've learned to start trusting my projections more rather than just my intuition. So uh, it led me to leaving Pavelski and Radulov in there. And, you know, I had them with Klingberg. I had some with Haskin and had all of them with Hudobin and it worked out real well. So kind of, kind of disappointed it wasn't a better night considering how much Dallas I had. Cause like I was in the 20 max and I had Dow one in four out of 20 lineups and Dow two and two out of 20. So I had them in, you know, almost a third of my lineups and I still, you know, I didn't bank anything. I um, wasn't top two or top three anywhere, but you know, I'm not going to complain about a good
2: profit night. Just, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you basically have to get like a top one percent these days, like a few years ago, um, and people, I don't know, it's kind of overplayed. Like, obviously you have to bank to like, uh, make profit long-term. if You're playing the grindings, but it's just harder now with the min caches and the 16% rake on some of these low dollar tournaments. Like, um, you got to bank every once in a while and get those 0.1% lineups. So in NHL, I mean, you're going to win a little bit more often than other sports. Like we were talking about, uh, some showdowns and stuff like that in these other sports, like. There's a big lottery MMA tournament. Um, we'll talk about a promo for that. Promo code Connor. If you guys want to check that out, um, you got um, you got like NFL showdowns, NFL two game slate tomorrow. Like you're just not gonna bank those very often. There's way too many people. Someone's gonna hit the stone cold nuts. And at NHL, it's nice that you don't have to do that, especially on bigger slates. Tonight, there's gonna be some duping going on. I think um, there. Like I'm looking through my crunches and. Some, are, some labs are coming back, and it's like you know, like 15, 20 expected dupes in a fairly large field tournament, like the $10. Um, so those are going to be the type of lineups I avoid. But uh, I think a pretty fun slate. I was just going through, giving a quick look through, um, and ran a crunch. And it's, it, it, I think it's interesting because Winnipeg plays late, and we know that there's going to be a ton of ownership there. So potential for some late swap opportunities. You're going to know, like you're going to have two games. Half the slate is going to be completely finished by the time we get to pregame skate for the Sen, uh, Senators and the Jets, which is really nice. And then you're going to have another game that's probably going to be two periods in. So you're going to know where you're at um, if you go heavy on the Jets and whether or not you need to swap or if you're competing in a tournament. Uh, unless you just stack up Sens and Jets, which might, might end up being uh, a good idea here tonight. But um, let's get right into this. We've got ownership projections and projections. Everything's loaded up. Top stack tool. Go check that out. Um, I think FC is doing the lines manually. Um, so I've noticed that over the last couple of days, they've been very, very accurate compared to um, the blip we had a couple of days ago. So, um, oh, just a PSA. The, the site went down yesterday. Uh, if you are crunching, if you're making a bunch of lineups around lock, just be sure to, like, a couple hours before, um, just have a crunch ready where at least you have some reasonable lineups or uh, have a dummy lineup in with late players only or something like that. You just want to protect yourself. Like, obviously, we apologize for for having issues. We don't actually know what caused them just yet. But, uh, yeah, we, we try to work for that to never happen. So, um, just got to be prepared. Um, and, uh, yeah, luckily – it worked out for some of us last night, so let's get into it. Philadelphia and Boston, we've got a 2.6 implied total for the Flyers, 2.9 for the Bruins, Carter Hart, and Jaroslav Malak. Uh, these teams have played at least once a couple days ago. I don't know if they've played. This is part of a three-game series, but uh, we just saw this matchup. I believe it was a 5-4 game in overtime, maybe shootout. Um, and. You know, Boston, one, wasn't amazing in that game. I think the second line did a decent amount of damage. Nick Ritchie, I think, had a goal, multi-point game. Um, and then you had the, I think the jvr Giroux line was pretty solid for the Flyers in terms of just results. Uh, pretty one-sided game in terms of possession. But uh, what do you like here, going back to the same match from a couple of nights ago? Yeah,
3: so... I mean, without Sean Couturier in the lineup, this Flyers team looks pretty punchless. Like, and the problem with the matchup against Boston is that you're going to go into Boston, and that Hayes line is going to be neutralized immediately by Bergeron and Marchand. So, like, hey, that Hayes line for me is just off the board uh, right away. Like, as a staff, I'm just not using them. So then you have to go down further um, into the into the Philly. Depth. so now you get into the second and third lines and I actually kind of like that second line with Nolan Patrick uh, Nolan Patrick Konechny and Lindblom uh Konechny, he's a shooter slash finisher like he's like re- a really really good goal scorer um, he's leading their team in shots per 60 right now so um you know he's the guy that you kind of look to for shot volume from the roster like Lindblom is good two-way uh, winger he can help distribute so I just kind of like the chemistry of that line Um, And they're going to get to avoid uh, Marchand and Bergeron. So like Nolan, Konechny and Lindblom is a line. Like I'm not three stacking them. Patrick and Lindblom, uh, you can put them together because I believe they're on the same power play. I mean, you can one off Konechny if you want, but I think um, they're going to be matched up against the Boston second line. And that second line really isn't a lot to speak of. Like, Craig, she's, fun, like, good offensively, but he's not the defensive player he was four or five years ago. Nick Richie's not a great defensive player. Jackson Nick is still not, is still a prospect, still filling out. So, like, I think that Flyers' second line can kind of do a little bit of damage. But um, there's, the thing is, if you stack, like, Lindblom, Pat, Pat, Patrick, and Proveroff, they're so cheap that they basically – you only need them if you're stacking Winnipeg power play. So that's kind of the problem I'm running into with the Flyers today is that I don't want to use the top line. I like the second line, but they're so cheap that they're, they're really not much use unless you put them in that one stack with the super chalk Winnipeg. So I don't see myself having a lot of Philly. I might have one or two like duos from that second line, Joel Farabee. He's shooting a lot at five on five, not so much on the power play. Like he's not the focus on the power play just yet. Um, It's more five on five. So Uh, If you want to use Faraby as a one-off, I guess you can do that. But um, I'm just not super, super stoked about the Phillies forwards here tonight. It's basically just, you know, that second line with Patrick uh, and Konechny and Lindblom, you know, mixing some two-mans in there somewhere. Uh, You know, Provorov on the blue line is fine. He played 30 minutes last game. He's probably going to play like 27 or 28 in regulation here again tonight. Those kind of minutes, you know, in that mid-5K range, that's fine. Um, Carter Hart is the cheap price, so you know if Boston runs them over here again tonight, you can see a lot of volume. We like volume, uh, so that's fine. Um, but that's just kind of the way I'm looking at this game. Is that there's just there's just not uh, not much that I s- the need to go on the Philly side. Like I said, the top lines in a brutal matchup. The second line I think is in a good matchup. You don't really need the savings. If you do need the savings, then use them. Like I said, I'm probably going to use them in a, in a Winnipeg stack somewhere, but it's not something I'm going, you know, super heavy on. So that's kind of where I'm sitting on this one. Um, we should mention that Matt Gryzlik is out for Boston. Um, Charlie McAvoy is expected to take the top power play duties. Now McAvoy, he's he's a good offensive defenseman. He's a good passer. Um, I don't know if he's like a shooter per se, but like, that doesn't really matter on that power play. You're looking for assists from them. You're not looking for goals anyway, necessarily. So, um, you know, McAvoy, if you want to throw them in, um, with your Boston sacks, I do like the Boston top line. We have them pretty chalky. I think we have them. I think we have both Marchand and Bergeron over 20% owned. So they are going to be chalky, but I think there are enough, there's enough depth around and there are enough ways to get different, even on a short four game slate. Um, you know, you can throw Nick Ritchie in with them. Um, you can throw Krejci in with them for the double center. Um, you, can throw, you can take McAvoy out because he's probably not going to be the focus of the power play. So you can put in somebody like Kevin Miller who might play some big minutes um, here tonight um, if you want to get different. So that's kind of where I'm going here. I'm going Boston top line pretty heavily. Um, but I'm going to mix and match. I'm going to put in guys like Richie and craig G or even Craig Smith. I should mention Craig Smith ended up on the Boston top line by the end of last game. He played their final three or four shifts or something with them. So um, not saying that Craig Smith is going to be on the top line. But, you know, if this is a close game, we could see him there in the third period. So Craig Smith is actually one of my favorite one-offs um, on the whole slate today. So that's kind of where I'm at. Boston top line, a little bit of Philly second line, some cheap Carter Hart
2: and some one-off Craig Smith. Yeah, the, the Smith call wasn't one uh, I was looking for. I mean, I like the Coil Smith uh, duo, and I'm looking to get deep into some of these combos. So, like that might be a two man that I get to, and some power play stacks. Like if I am playing someone like a Winnipeg power play one stack, I'm sure I'll mix in a couple of those. Um, Coil Smith might be a, a two man that I have to fill out that rest of that lineup. Um, it's really hard for me to get excited about anything on Philadelphia, but at the same time um their ownership is just so low i just can't like from a matchups perspective i don't really see anything to love um maybe maybe you just consider like you just take a shot on philadelphia one it's a really low probability play but the ownership is uh even lower than that like if you look at the top stack tool um it's like man do i really want to play someone that's going to see a bunch of bergeron and ed martian and guys like that and like um, even like the Corrali line, like Corrali pretty good defensively that they, they might see some time against, uh, the opposing top lines. Um, I don't know. It's just not really a ton to like on the Flyers side. So, I mean, like just to jump in for a sec, like we went through this
3: last night with Dallas, right? Like I talked about it in our Slack last night a little bit. I wasn't in love with Dallas cause it was Dallas's first game. They didn't, you know, they hadn't played all season cause of, cause of COVID um, they barely had any practice time together, et cetera, et cetera. But our ownerships had them all at like, I think Radulov, Pavelski at like four 5% and hits and Gurianov somewhere like seven to 9%. They ended up coming in lower than that. And we saw what they did. Uh, like, I don't like the spot here for Philly either. Um, I'm probably not going to go to the top line, but I'll probably go to the second line. But again, it's one of those things. It's a four game slate. There are only so many spots to go and you're, this is still, these are still good hockey players that are going to play 15, 16, 17 minutes. Um, you know, I'm going to take that, like I said, I'm not going to go to the Hayes line. I think it's a bad enough matchup that I can get away from that, but the Patrick Connecting line, I'm probably going to go there because they're going to come in at two, three, four, five percent um on a four game slate. And that, you know, I don't care about the matchup at that point. At that point, it's all about ownership and price. I don't like, they could be going into the teeth of 2015 Anze Kopitar, I wouldn't care. It, it's just, it's an ownership play at that point.
2: Yeah, for sure. It is an ownership play on Philadelphia, pretty much across the board. So I think with the ones that I have, uh, the, the Philadelphia stacks that I have, whether it's one, two, or 3 um, going to sprinkle. I know People said uh, sprinkle was like their most hated word for uh, DFS people. Um, and then I, I just said it. So I'm, I'm trying to be aware of that, but I'm going to sprinkle uh these philadelphia lineups and with the ones i do have uh i will just try to avoid like the cookie cutter winnipeg one um i'll I'll play someone else i'll leave some salary on the table i'll go with vancouver power play that's a little bit lower owned well a lot of it lower owned than winnipeg right now so um yeah it's it's just an ownership play in philadelphia not a whole lot to like for a team that just scored four goals against uh against boston a couple nights ago like the, the results, uh, the actual, like, numbers, um, underlying numbers would suggest they should have scored a lot less than that. So uh, McAvoy, top power play, he's your guy if you're going to really either of the top two lines. Um, don't love a whole lot uh, on the Boston side, outside of um, outside of McAvoy, just your obvious play there. And then uh, Gustafson, I like a little bit for 4,500. Um there's two of them, so just check. Make sure he's updating on Fantasy cruncher. I think they may have fixed that because I don't think I manually put him in and I got him some of my crunches. Um, but just make sure that that he actually uploads. If you do want to play some Gustafson one-offs, I think I'm going to have a fair amount of those. One Maybe. thing I'm struggling with is Halak because he's 7600, which
3: mm-hmm. I find very cheap for this guy in this situation. But he like. We last game, like you said, Philly scored four goals on twenty-five shots, twenty-six shots. Like they're not like Boston's not gonna allow a lot of volume. I don't like is Halak gonna see more than twenty-five shots tonight. I doubt he faces thirty. So like I'm I'm just having a tough time, like what to do with Halak because it is a good spot. It is a good price. He's gonna but he's gonna be fairly chalky. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
2: yeah, I mean like correlating is always a possibility. Um but it's it's not uh it's not a must here, I think, if you're going to boss just because of the projected low shot volume. Uh I'd be more likely like I'm more likely to um one off an expensive goalie tonight than I would on a larger slate like uh like carry Price, something like that. A game that could have um some high event uh outcomes and a guy that just might see a ton of volume and be at pretty low ownership that we're projecting right now. So Cal Peterson, someone like that. Uh, Maybe not guys that are necessarily any good, but uh, could get you a big score if you get them on the right night. Let's go to uh, the premier. Well, maybe the the second best game on the night, not the premier game. That's the last one. Montreal, Vancouver 3.3 implied total for the Canadians uh, 3.1 for the Canucks. Uh, th- is this a day game in Vancouver? I'm just realizing this is a 7 p.m. Eastern start. So, okay, because they're always late. Uh, they're, they're West Coast. Um, so that, that was messing me up a little bit there. Um, Price and Hopi are your projected starters. Neither of them confirmed at this moment. Um, Vancouver is just decimated. I don't I don't think they're getting back Edler or Hammond tonight. And then Chatfield left... The game, I don't, I don't know that he's any good. Um, Chatfield left the game uh, the last time these teams played two nights ago. Vancouver got trounced; uh, like they just couldn't really get anything going. Montreal was crushing them. to uh, Tofoli, and Yoel uh, Armia both had uh, huge days. Kokiniami got in there uh, a little bit later. Um, their top line didn't really do a whole lot for Montreal, and they still destroyed in that game and that's just because vancouver's got really nothing going for them on the blue line outside of a couple guys uh quinn hughes his minutes weren't crazy high i think he got like 21 22 minutes in that game schmidt got 28 and tyler myers got i think almost 25 um so i I don't know from a hockey perspective what are are you doing with this vancouver side like how big of a loss are both these guys for them
3: uh so i don't think it's that huge of a loss. Cause here's, I shouldn't say that Vancouver relies heavily on their power play for scoring like a lot. Uh, and Quinn, he, they still have Quinn Hughes to use for their power play. So that they've lost other defensemen doesn't really change much for me for their offensive outlook. Cause they only have a handful of puck movers on the blue line anyway, um, notably Hughes and Schmidt, and they're both in the lineup still. So, as far as offense at 5-on-5 five five or on the power play goes, it doesn't change a lot for me. Now, defensively, of course, like this wasn't a deep defensive group to begin with, and the fact that they keep losing bodies um, is a huge concern. Like This was a team that was bottom third by expected goals against last year and then lost their starting goalie and then lost Chris Tanev and lost Tyler Toffoli. Didn't really replace any of them. I mean, they brought in Nate Schmidt who I suppose is a fine replacement for Tana, but I think Schmidt's a little bit, I mean, Tana is kind of falling off defensively, but anyways, like Vancouver just looked terrible defensively this year as kind of expected. Um, if you look at the past two games, because the, the, this is the third game these two teams have played against each other this week. And before we dig in, that's kind of something I want to mention is that there were 14 power plays in the last game. Um, and Tyler Myers took a run at Joel Armia. Like, I don't want to debate whether it's dirty or not. The fact is, is that he didn't get suspended for it. And <laughs> Montreal is bringing Corey Perry into the lineup tonight. And I don't think that that's a mistake. I think you're going to see Corey Perry just absolutely beeline for Tyler Myers at some point. So, like, that's, it's, it's what's making me nervous about using Myers here tonight. Is that, one, his price has jumped up to, like, 4400 I think. Uh, And two, like somebody, Corey Perry is gonna go after him. That's just who Corey Perry is. Like, so uh, I'm just worried about Myers taking like a fighting major and a 10 minute misconduct, and then he's gone for a whole period or something like that. So, I won't be using a lot of Tyler Myers. Um, Vancouver, I, I, I would suggest that we don't overlook them. Um, Like I said, they they rely heavily on the power play. All their power play guys are healthy. And this is like, I assume there are going to be a fair amount of power plays in this game. So, like, while I, this is a terrible matchup for Vancouver at five on five, um, if they can get four, five, six power plays, um, I will take my chances on Pedersen and Besser and Horvat and Miller and all those guys. So, I do have uh, a handful of Vancouver power play stacks. I'm not stacking them at even strength or anything like that. It's just the power play guys are nothing for me. Um, On the Montreal side, as I was mentioning in our premium Slack, uh, the third line of Armia Toffoli and Kakeniemi just absolutely destroyed Vancouver in those first two games. They were over 80% expected goal share, and that's that's bonkers. That's an NHL team playing an AHL team. That's honestly how bad that is. So, like, I'm going back to Kakeniemi and and Toffoli at least. Corey Perry's probably going to draw in on that third line, but like I said, he's probably going to get thrown out at some point too. So, if you want to, you know jump down and maybe throw an Arturi Lekkinen in there because he might get moved up at some point. I don't mind that. That's one way to get different um, with your chalk stacks. So I'm using quite a bit of Montreal three, but I think I'm not alone in that. Like, I think a lot of people are going to go to that Montreal three Boston one or Montreal three Winnipeg one stack, because those you can fit in, you know, you can fit in mm-hmm. Kakaniami and Tofoli and, and Romanov with Boston one or something like that. So um, I am going to use a fair bit of Suzuki and Anderson because I suspect that Horvat is going to stay with Besser and Miller. He got put together with them last game. I suspect he'll be with them again this game, and I suspect that he'll go up against the Deneau line, and that'll leave Drew and Suzuki and Anderson to go up against Pedersen. And it doesn't matter who's skating with them. So um, I'm going to. I'm not. U- I'm using all three Montreal lines here tonight. Like I think half my lineups have eight, one t- Montreal, one Montreal two, or Montreal three. If I were to put them in order, in like in favorite rank, in you know, in terms of not only value but what I think, um, matchup and and ownership and all that, I'd probably go Montreal two, which is Suzuki and 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 uh, Josh Anderson, and then Montreal one with the No. Tatar Gallagher, and then Montreal three because I think Montreal three comes in a bit higher owned than we'd like for a third line, even on a four game slate.
2: Yeah, this is the game for me. Uh, Like I'm gonna have. Almost looks like all my lineups uh, have something from this game. Whether it's a one-off with one of the defensemen for Montreal, uh, full line stack on Montreal, and not necessarily a power play stack, but like I really like the power play on the Vancouver side. I think if they score their expectation here, it's going to be uh, pretty likely that it comes from the power play. Um, so some some uh, combination of Besser, Miller, Horvat. Uh, Elias Patterson—he's—he hasn't really gotten going at all. I don't. Does he even have a point yet this season in, through six games? I Five think runs. he has one assist. Yeah. So he—I mean—he's frustrated. Yeah, um, one assist in six games. Yeah, that, thats not great. Um, he's obviously a much better player than that. Getting demoted, playing with Pearson and Vertanen. Um, not super crazy about that line as a full stack, but uh, I like the five-man power play stack for Vancouver. Uh, I probably would like the five-man power play stack for Montreal if they weren't so separated. Um, maybe you'd go with the second unit. I don't know how much time they're getting. Tatar, Gallagher, Anderson, Kokeniemi, and Romanoff. I suppose you could do that. That'd be pretty contrarian on a uh, four-gamer. Um, but I love the Montreal top line. I, I'll stack all three of their lines uh, as five-on-five. Five. Maybe you leave off Corey Perry because, yeah, he's probably going to fight. Tyler Myers and he actually projects pretty well from us from a value perspective. So just be careful with him. Be careful with Myers. Um, I don't know how that situation is going to play out, but he's up to 4,400 anyways on DK. So, um, his price has come up just a little bit. I, I really like uh, Schmidt as well at 4,600 as a one off, is playing massive minutes. And then Hughes, uh, I think Homer please pointed out the other day that, um, that uh, he's shooting a little bit more. He is shooting a little bit more. He's attempting more shots than last season. But 5,800, I feel like if he has a big game here, if he has a tournament-winning game, that uh, it's going to be because Vancouver power play brought him along for the ride. So maybe he scored a goal, and I'm wrong. But 5,800, a little bit pricey. I'd rather play a bunch of other guys over him as one-offs. So I'll include him in my power play stacks, but not a whole lot outside of that is this the game that uh to fully stop scoring every time he touches the puck i mean can I you mean, like one off it yeah, feels like
3: I mean, popular. yeah to one off is going to be popular i don't see how much like if vancouver goes back to the same matchups and, and montreal three is matched up against the bottom six for vancouver i don't see how we don't see like maybe not a hat trick but i don't see how that line doesn't score at least one goal like they're just hemming them in every time they're out there it's not even close it's, it's like it honestly is Like, pretty unfair. Um,
1: Just to go back to the Montreal... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
3: Power play for a sec. You wondered about how they're splitting it. It's pretty much like a 55-45 split. Like Romanov is playing 247 a game and Petrie's at 312. So like there's really not a huge difference between their two power play units. And also one thing I wanted to mention is that they're not sure Paul Byron is going to play tonight. Um, and there's something weird going on with their cap situation right now that they might not be able to bring up another forward to replace Paul Byron if he can't play. So Victor Mete, their defenseman, might actually draw into the fourth line on the left wing. Um, not that I'm super high on Victor Mete, but l- like that Vancouver bottom six is atrocious. And I would be shocked if anybody actually rostered him. Now, this is assuming he plays. We won't know. Coach hasn't spoken yet. They said Coach is going to speak probably in about 30 minutes or so. We'll know more then. Um, Just keep an eye out that there might be a $2,500 defenseman playing fourth line left
2: wing for Montreal tonight. All
1: right.
2: Um, That should do it for that game. Before we move it on, uh, today is the day of the big fight. This is your last chance to uh, use promo code CONNOR, C O N or uh and what that is is for ufc uh, 257 which is tonight you get a two dollar 57 cent mma weekly pass Uh, this is almost expired so take advantage now if you guys want to uh, get in slack use the mma tools top fighter tool projections ownership all that good stuff we've got slack for mma we've got slack for a bunch of other different sports that you can join if you do get any sort of pass and uh if you're looking for nhl which might be uh we don't have any promos going on but we do have packages starting at uh just 395 head to uh the promo page i believe it's osmo.com/promos and uh you can see anything that we've got going on uh, at the time if you wanted to get an NHL uh subscription we've got projections ownership projections the top stack tool that we reference all the time the lineup builder that i use to go through the show it shows you uh, projections ownership and the top, uh, the stack Uh, total for each of the even strike lines, which is a pretty cool uh, thing to see as well. And then, of course, premium slack, where you're going to find all the news, notes, anything that we see throughout the day, and more importantly, leading up to lock and through lock. All right, let's start with the Kings and the St. Louis Blues, 2.3 implied total for Los Angeles, 3.2 for St. Louis. Cal Peterson going for the Kings, $6,800. Uh, I know a few people that will be interested in that and uh, Jordan Binnington, 8,400 getting a lot of ownership and uh, man, I can't even really deny that that I'm somewhat interested in Jordan Binnington, but uh, some of these, the St. Louis top line is uh, right now more popular than like Montreal's top line. It seems a little bit crazy to me just based on the difference in in how the two play and how the two uh, generate chances. But uh, what are you seeing in this game? Is there anything we can go to on the Kings side here? So, yeah, I actually
3: wanted to start with Los Angeles because, you know, we just talked. There's a four. It's a four-game slate, and there are only so many spots that we can go, so um, we can't just choke on the chalk all the time. Um, Adrian Kempe was moved up alongside Kopitar and Alex Ayafalo. Now, Adrian Kempe is a guy... People were pretty high on when he was drafted like he was supposed to be a top liner for them basically 2 or 3 years ago and he I don't want to say he hasn't panned out but he hasn't lived up to those expectations but just because a player hasn't lived up to expectations doesn't mean they're a bad player I think people often conflate those two things and it's a big mistake like I think Kempy is probably like a middle six playmaker but the fact that he's a middle six playmaker playing with Kopitar and I at follow probably going to play 18 minutes gives me interest here um, the fact that they're all correlated on the power play as well is kind of a boost. Now, obviously they're going into face Ryan O'Reilly and, and David Perron. That's a terrible matchup. Um, it's just the fact for me is that you could stack the Los Angeles top line, uh, for under 15,000. Um, You can fit fit them in with like the Montreal top line or a Vancouver you know power play stack. You can fit them in with just basically about anything except for Winnipeg. Uh, Like you can even fit them in with Boston. Um, They're going to play huge minutes. And I'm not sure. Like something I was thinking about this morning is like how sure are we that Jordan Binnington is a good goalie? Because if you think about it, he had one good half season, and that's when they won the Cup. But then last year he was average behind a really good defensive team, and then this year he hasn't been anything special. Let's not forget, like he was stuck behind Jake Allen in the St. Louis depth like organizational chart for years. Like this wasn't a guy that was banging on the door or a super high prospect or anything like that. This is a guy that had that had one good half season and is probably going to parlay that into an entire career because it le- because it led to a Stanley Cup. So, like, the fact that Jordan Binnington had one good half season doesn't mean he's a good goalie. Like, it takes years for goalies to prove themselves. So, just based on the fact that, you know, one, it's a four-game slate. Two, there should be a lot of ownership on them. Like, we're showing 12% on Kopitar. I'm not sure it'll be that high. Like, I I would be pretty surprised if Adrian can't be his double digits tonight. Agreed. Um, we, yeah, we have him at 10%. I think they're going to come in. He's going to come in a little bit lower than that. Um. For me, it's kind of just like another ownership play. I'm probably, like, I'm going to have Los Angeles in two or three out of my 20 lineups, and that's about it. Like, I'm not slamming them in. I don't think it's a great leverage play or anything like that. It's just I want to make sure that I have them a little bit different in case, you know, Bennington already gave up, like, six goals earlier this year or something like that. Like, this guy isn't impervious to anything. So, um, I'm not, like, I'm not super high on Los Angeles. I just want to get them in because I think they're going to come in at, like, you know, seven, eight, nine percent ownership. And I want to make sure I have some of that for me. I think this game is about St. Louis too. Uh, Schwartz and Shen and Cairo have been playing really, really well together. Um, They're going to go up against the second line from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, The second line from Los Angeles, like Athanasiu is not good defensively. Jeff Carter was good defensively years ago, but he's not anymore. And Blake Lazat's still a young player. You know, he might be a little bit above average, but we still don't know. Like this isn't probably going to be a good defensive line. Uh, Schwartz and Shen play the power play together so uh, you can stick them with Krug or you can you know if you want to be a little bit different you put in Colton Pareko or something like that um, I just really love that matchup for St. Louis too you can fit them in with just about anything anywhere else uh, we don't have them as like super high owned I don't think um, so I'm just checking Short, yeah we have Schwartz and Kempi at the same price like all, all things equal I'd way rather have Schwartz even if $1,500 more expensive. He's double, he's twice the player that camp he is. So like if that lost, if St. Louis second line and Los Angeles top line are the same ownership tonight, you know, including costs, I'd way rather have the St. Louis second line way rather have them. So I'm in on Schwartz, uh, Cairo, uh, and Shen, I'm leaving Cairo off a lot of them because St. Louis, they don't generate a ton of five on five they They're You know, they do focus a little bit more on the power play. So, um, I have Kairou in like one or two lineups. Um, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I know we don't he's not a popular guy amongst the DFSers for very good reason, but Justin Falk uh is playing like 24 minutes a game. And that, you know, that mid-range defenseman on this slate is just an absolute wasteland. Like if you look between like 3500 and 5000, it's basically like Alex Romanoff, and that's about it. So um if you need a mid price defenseman, I think Justin Falk. Um, is probably the guy uh, to go to here. If you want to get different, you know, throwing in Colton Pareko instead of Tori Krug is fine.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with everything you said there. I think I'll have some LA. I mean, I, I would imagine they come down in ownership a little bit uh, by the time we get to lock. Especially Kempe, I don't think he's going to carry double digit ownership. I agree with you there. Um, but once that gets reran, that that should get updated. Um, and yeah, if St. Louis, if the ownership is going to be split on these two lines, I greatly prefer, uh, St. Louis two. um, just been really good short sample, but, um, at least it's a good short sample and they're going to have the better matchup. Uh, I even like St. Louis three. So I'm looking to be uh, under on St. Louis one, uh, and then over on, on two and three. I think the third line is a pretty reasonable play here. Uh, sometimes the Thomas Bozak duo gets uh, a little bit of ownership. Looks like they are one of the higher owned third lines, so they're probably going to be the second highest owned uh, third line behind Montreal, just because Toffoli has just gone nuts two straight games. Um, but yeah, they're not going to just be like a diamond in the rough at one percent. I think even on a bigger slate, I'd probably uh, consider uh, St. Louis three here. So going with the middle, the middle six for St. Louis. I really like them. Uh, not a whole lot uh, after the top line for the Kings. And I think the top line is more of just an ownership play. And uh, if they can put up three goals here, maybe they can get you two of them. And if it's just a low scoring slate in general, they might uh, have a path to be in the winning lineup. Um, yeah. Falk, Falk. I think I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, he's not great to watch certainly, but if you're going to play 24, 25 minutes, I think the lowest amount of minutes played so far this season is twenty one four K for a guy that he will shoot. Um, he does have a pretty good projection um, at uh, almost eight points for four. I mean,
3: and like I said, the thing is, is that that mid range on DK, there's no one like if you're looking over thirty five hundred. Matt Roy, Brett Kulak, Sean Walker, um, Derek Forbord, Joel Edmondson, Mike Riley, Nikita Zaitsev, maybe. Like th- these are the guys that are in that price range. So it's not like I love Falk. It's just like, I hate everybody else. <laughs> What's up with Falk.
2: Did he remember how to hockey?
3: Uh, what about Dunn as a flyer as well? I, I mean, I do like Don just because he's probably going to be the fourth highest owned defenseman on the St. Louis blue line on what should be like a reasonably chalky team. Um, it just
2: doesn't seem that they like Dunn very much, That that's what worries me. He, like, I feel like for the last three years, I don't know how long he's been around, but it feels like about as long as I've been playing NHL seriously. Um, like his minutes are just never consistent. And it's not a huge deal when you're this cheap, but like if you're going to play 13 minutes, just out of nowhere, some games, and then you're going to jump up to 23, he's just really tough to get a read on. So when he's low owned and cheap, then sure. I'll take some stabs at him, but, um, yeah, I just, like, generally never know what to do with him. So um, I, I'm not getting to a ton of him tonight, which is fine. I'm, if he burns me, he burns me.
3: Yeah, it's um, just, you know, once you get down under 3,500 or whatever, I think there are enough defensemen that you can play. Like, Travis Sanheim is probably going to play 25 minutes. Brandon Carlo is probably going to play over 20 minutes. Eric Gustafson's running a power play unit. Like, I think there are other options once you get down to that level.
2: Yeah, we're showing a bunch of ownership on Tory Krug as well. I'm I'm not in on that. In terms of like I'll take there's there's probably like eight or ten guys I would take at, at the very least as one offs uh over Krug tonight. So it's gonna be a lineup construction thing with, with him. Um I may just make a hard rule that I don't play Krug unless I play a St. Louis stack. Um, yeah, I don't have any one offs of Tory Krug here tonight. Especially if he's gonna be one of the highest known defensemen, which it looks like he might. Like, this is your clear optimizer play. Not saying you can't play him, but just uh, maybe don't include him as a one-off very often for 5,600, a guy that hasn't been shooting much at all.
3: I mean, Colton Pareko, I mean, we have Colton Pareko's ownership at a third of Tory Krug's ownership. Like, there's your immediate swap if you want to get different on a short slate. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, all right. Before we move it on, Let's uh let's see. We got over 200 people on a Saturday. Man, that, that's pretty good. Uh, if you guys could hit the like button, that helps us out a ton. Helps us build the channel. We've got NBA coming on uh, later tonight, so stick around. Subscribe to the channel. You'll know when we go live for this show, for MMA shows, for uh, NBA, PGA, NFL tomorrow. Uh, we'll have um, I believe a two or three hour live before lock for you guys, so you never get cheated free content if you do subscribe to the channel. All right. Last game of the night, Ottawa and Winnipeg to close out this four, uh, four gamer 2.8 implied total for the Sens, 3.1 for the jets, Matt Murray and Connor Hellbuck, probably going to be your starters. Uh, Maybe they'll let Murray face this jets team again. Um, I've got some thoughts in this game, but I want to hear yours first. Like, Again, it, it is interesting because it is a late game. So how are, you, how are you dealing with this one?
3: Okay, so I do have some thoughts on this game, and you're going to have to allow me to tell a little story here. So, yeah, don't worry. Okay, so I write about season-long fantasy hockey over at DauberHockey.com, and in the offseason, I wrote about the Ottawa Senators. Now, the Ottawa Senators coach is DJ Smith, and DJ Smith is notoriously known to be a great defensive coach. That's why he was hired... In Toronto, five years ago or six years ago or whatever it was, he got hired out of Toronto. He used to run their penalty kill, I believe. Uh, now he's Ottawa's head coach. He's known for being a good defensive coach. Anyways, I looked at Ottawa's numbers at the end of last season. Over Ottawa's final 20 games last season, they were mid-pack in the league by expected goals against. And they had a better goals against than teams like Toronto, Toronto. Carolina, the Islanders, and the Flames. Those were all playoff teams. Now, this is over the final 20 games of last year. Now, there was a lot of turnover for Ottawa. They have a lot of new players, but I would say that this roster is a vastly improved roster from the one that finished the season last year. So if you look at Ottawa's numbers this year, they're not bad. Like You would think that it, like everybody expected this team to be kind of like a dumpster team, and they're not. Um, if you look at their expected goals against, It's better than uh, teams like, I don't know, Philadelphia, Dallas. I guess Dallas has only played one game, but they're neck and neck. They're right behind teams like the Golden Knights, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Tampa Bay. Like They're near the mid-pack by expectables against this year, and they were mid-pack over the final 20 games last year. Like this is now a sample. Of 20, I, again, granted, it's a different, a much different roster, but now we have a sample of 25 games of this team not being bad defensively. So, like, when I think about this, and then I think about the game tonight, and I see Blake, I see Mark Shifley bordering on 30% ownership. Like, I start to wonder just how much Winnipeg I should have here tonight, because, like I said. Like, I don't think Ottawa is a bad defensive team. I don't think they're anything... They, they are not a Chicago. They are not a Florida. This is not... They are not nearly as bad as those teams are defensively. Um, what's giving me pause here is that there are holes that you can attack on the Ottawa roster. Notably being their depth pairs. Once you get past the top pair, Shabbat and Branson, there really isn't a whole lot there. Like, that third pair of Josh Brown and Braden Coburn, their expected goals for so far this year is like 33% or something like that. They're getting absolutely buried. So I actually like, I get wanting to use the Winnipeg top line, but when I see so much ownership on them, it makes me, it makes me concerned for a slate for a four game slate where there are a lot of other good places to go. Like, you know, I don't know how much better. How much better is Vancouver's matchup than? Um, I guess Vancouver's a little bit better because Montreal is a better five-on-five team than Ottawa, but Vancouver has a better power play. So, like, it, does that discrepancy in ownership justify the five-on-five matchup? Like, I don't think it does. So, like, I'm I'm really I'm having a hard time getting to to Winnipeg here. I do have quite a bit of shifley right now, but it's something that I'm struggling with because. Did the, the like my intuition again? Going back to what we talked about earlier, my intuition is telling me Ottawa should suck defensively. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the results from the last 25 games, they don't. So, and Billy Hainola came out of when it came is coming out of Winnipeg's lineup, they don't have any good puck moving defensemen. Josh Morrissey's their best puck mover, and he, he's like a middle pair guy. So, I think there are enough concerns here that if you don't want to pay up for a 25, 30% Winnipeg one, Winnipeg power play. I wouldn't fault you. Like I'm, I, I, I still don't Like I'm going to wrestle this with this probably for another couple of hours. Like I, I honestly don't know like what to do with them Cause I, I feel like, remember Josh said the other night, it feels like one of those situations where you have to just avoid them or go way overboard. He said that about the Matthews line. Like, I feel like this is another one of those situations where you're either going in with 50% Shifley or you're just going in with 5%. And hoping that you hit the right combo. I feel like you're dead in the water if you're just going with like 20 or 25 percent Shifley.
2: So that's what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's fair. Like you, if if Winnipeg is the best stack tonight, you're going to have to hit every single part of the rest of your lineup. Like winning scores are going to be as high basically as they possibly can. Um, I think in some of the higher dollar stuff, even like the 40. I think it's a 40 on DK tonight. Um, that's the tournament I usually play. And uh, like I think they might be like 35, 40%, um, especially like Kyle Conner uh, and, and Wheeler uh, on DK. So like in those tournaments, especially, there's no way I'm getting to the field on Winnipeg. Um, and I think it's a really good late swap night because you're going to know basically like almost all the information on the rest of the slate. So if you've got a team that might be middle of the pack and you're just trying to make it cash and you've got Winnipeg one, like you have to swap off um, because you, you just have to be perfect in order for that to hit the cash line. And so I think like, I don't think the spot's great for Winnipeg one. I'm like a noted Winnipeg one hater. Uh, like I, I can't stand Shifley. I can't stand when he scores goals. Um, and I still play like a, I feel like I have to play a decent amount of them here because if I end up with zero or like 5%, like I'm dead unless one of the first couple of games goes off. Whereas if I start with, you know, 15% Winnipeg one, I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, I could always swap off of them if those lineups suck uh, in the first couple of games. So what I'm planning to do is just, you know, go get my time to 15% Winnipeg one locked in. Um, like i don't they're not that great at 5 on 5 is no. the, like, that's the problem i always have with them It's like like man this is a great you know line and they're really not that great at 5 on 5 they are going to be good on the power play they're going to see a bunch of like if ottawa can't stay out of the penalty box um it's going to be an early night probably um but yeah I, I just i think it's one of those situations where people are just going to them because they're the best option but like they're not that much better to me than Vancouver power play. They're not that much better than, than um, Montreal 1. Montreal 1 is, I think, well, maybe Boston 1, but Montreal 1 is one of the better uh, lines on the entire slate. And um, they're like a third of the ownership, especially like, in the higher dollar stuff. Yeah. Like, like, no I, think,
3: be I think this is a better matchup. Like, Montreal is in a better matchup than Winnipeg yeah. is. I agree. Like, I, I think people are still over, like underrating. Ottawa. Like they're not a great defensive team. This isn't Tampa Bay or Boston. But like I said, this isn't Florida or Chicago either. Yeah. Like one thing I will say is that in their last game, Winnipeg's second line absolutely throttled Winnipeg or Ottawa's second line. And I think that's where remember I mentioned the Brown Coburn pairing. I think that's where that comes into play. Is that that third pair for Ottawa is going to play some time with that second and third line from Ottawa. And I think I think that's where they can get into some trouble. So I actually do have, I, I have like, not a lot. I have a couple Stasny Ealers, Stasny cops, like, you know, copy like a cop Ealers, you know, uh, Dylan, Demello stack is super cheap. And then you can pay up for all your guys from Boston if you want, or, you know, pay up for, you know, all your guys from Vancouver, whatever you want to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, auto one, probably the best spot. They're fully correlated. Uh, on the Ottawa side, I should say. Not not the best spot of the night. Uh, I think Kachuk is one of my favorite one-offs, but he's getting ownership. Um, Yeah, and have you you looked at the Ottawa ice time? Like, they're
3: really spreading the ice time around. Connor Brown is over 19 minutes. I think they have a couple guys around 17, and everybody else is lower than that. Like, Brady Kachuk hasn't seen a big ice time
2: increase, and that's concerning. Do you have any... uh, Problem with going to some Ottawa two at like no ownership with Connor Brown like he's the guy who like he doesn't do a whole lot but I remember there were a couple combinations where uh, they did a pretty good job of carrying play last season I remember playing like some Ottawa two I can't remember who was on the line maybe it was like Tyranny Brown and it was Duclair was it Duclair okay I remember Duclair went nuclear early in the season okay so I don't know I mean basically no ownership. Like, I think I'm going to have some lineups tonight where I'm chasing, but, like, I'm doing okay. Like, I'll just swap from Winnipeg 1 um, because you're dead if you have them and you don't have the nuts and, like, just leave a ton of salary, go Ottawa 2 or, like, some sort of Ottawa, Ottawa power play stack with Shabbat. Like, I think there's a pretty good opportunity to do that, looking at some of the ownership on the Ottawa side. And it's a low-probability play again, but. um it's one you kind of have to make if you're trying to make one of these, or at least think about going into the late game with all this concentrated ownership on the Winnipeg side. Um, you got to be prepared to swap off some stuff and make some really uncomfortable plays. Yeah, I mean,
3: I, I don't mind playing, you know, Tierney and Brown or something like that. Those guys are going to play 16 or 17 minutes against Winnipeg's bottom six. and Winnipeg's bottom six is just bad. So, like, you know, Tierney, Tierney and Brown, even without, Duclair put up, you know, pretty good offensive play driving numbers. So I'm kind of with you there that if you want to get, if you need a cheap third line and you want to get away from the chalk, like Montreal or something like that, then yeah, like a two man, like, like Tierney and Brown or something. I can, yeah, I can definitely get behind that.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've had a couple of good nights in a row. So maybe I'm just trying to talk myself off the chalk and I should just not. But um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be over on Winnipeg. This ownership looks way too high. I really 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 love that Montreal Vancouver game.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if we mentioned it but Dylan Demello back for Winnipeg tonight. He should go right to the top player pair play 22
2: 23 minutes for Min Price. So if you need us stone cold Min punt Dylan Demello. Okay. I was going to say I didn't see him in the projections but I, I don't see I I do see him actually. Um so we're good there. Yeah, one of the better values on the entire night. Uh, almost Projected for seven DK points at twenty five hundred. That's and, and Matt Murray's probably a pretty good leverage play in that. Heck yeah, Ottawa one or Ottawa two plus Matt Murray. I'll I'll be mixing in some of those <laughs> right through the promised land, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know anything else to discuss on this slate. I think it, there were a lot of good talking points on this one. I like these like four to six gamers really can dig in.
3: Well, yeah, and then next week it's all fourteen and and twelve gamers. No, not a whole lot. Um, honestly, just, um, I honestly think Victor Mete might be a good play tonight, depending if he can get in. So just look for the Montreal uh, news if you need a $2,500 punt. Um, I think that's it. I was looking at, I was, yeah, I was looking at my, at my one-offs, Craig Smith, Dylan DeMello, uh, Joel Faraby, Nikolai Ehlers. I really like that, you know, copping, and, copping and Ehlers on that Winnipeg second line. I, I like one offing either one of them. So I think Winnipeg's second line is going to get some good matchups here tonight.
2: I like the call. Yeah, I, I think I'm more likely to get to the field on Winnipeg 2 than Winnipeg 1 for what it's worth. So um, get your lineups in early. At least get a dummy lineup, something you would be okay having. Uh, you never know what could happen where DK goes down. Uh, we're going to try to not go down, obviously. But uh, yeah, just PSA. I always try to get something in earlier in the day. I usually do one crunch. Like I'm crunching right before lock to like go through my normal spiel. Um, but uh, other than that, thanks for joining everybody. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. Won't have a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll see what the prize pools are like. That's kind of going to set the tone for Sundays going forward for NHL. Um, use that promo code Connor. That's This is the last day you can use it. Uh, You're going to be watching some MMA at all tonight. Yeah, I think I'm going to get it. I uh, like I haven't watched,
3: uh, I haven't been super in, it, super in MMA, but I usually get the big fights, so I'll probably watch tonight.
2: Yeah, and before you guys yell at me, I know it's UFC, all right? It's called MMA on DraftKings, but, uh, you know, those two are interchangeable, so. All right. Thanks for joining. Notification bell, likes. So you guys get the deal. We've already got 65. And thank you guys for joining, and uh, I believe it's Josh and I on Monday. Good luck until then. Good luck, everyone.
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hello, saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today.
1: Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.